And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep making animated Star Wars, Hope Molnax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of The Mandalorian. In this episode, an old rival extends an invitation for The Mandalorian to make peace. There will be... Fancy Moff Gideon arrives, IG-11 spills some tea, and a fan favorite character has spoken for the last time. We're talking about The Mandalorian Chapter 7 The Reckoning this week. How you doing, Chris? Good. That's good. Did you have a good week? I did. I uh, I, I had a, a good day today. I tried a brand new energy drink. Uh-huh. We were at the at the health food store, which always has a variety of crazy weird drink. You know how like they had probiotic drinks? Now they're selling prebiotic drinks, and I'm not sure what that means. What? It means... <laughs> wait, wait. What's the yeah. difference? I have no idea. I have to look it up, but I I noticed that. But I did not get prebiotic drinks. I I, I did get a lovely lemon ginger thing that was had super thick ginger. But the energy drink was like honey based. All right, and... you ready? You ready? Probiotics, living strands of bacteria that add the population of good bacteria in your digestive system. Prebiotics, specialized plant fiber that acts as food for the good bacteria. It stimulates growth along the pre-existing good bacteria. Oh, fart juice. Okay, I get it. <laughs> Poop juice. Fairly. Okay, so so that's basically what they're saying. Here's you're pretty much this, feeding the, the this the one will help you digest your, your food, and this one will make you fart and poop. Okay, good to know. Good to there know. Go. There you go. Um, we, this this is a this podcast is science based. Now you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No misinformation here from Hope and Chris. No, um, no, they can keep us on Spotify, even though we're not on Spotify, because I still <laughs> cannot figure out how to put our damn podcast on Spotify, Chris. It's driving me wanna, crazy. I don't want to be on Spotify. I do. Yeah, I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna fight it. I don't care. It's, it's, it's. I, I have no idea. I have no it idea. Comes with information. I can look at graphs. I can see how many people listen and when and how and why and like. I want it, and I still can't. Ever since we've swapped over to the new website, I still can't figure out where our damn RSS feed is on our website. <laughs> Hope is computer illiterate, Chris. I need help. And nobody answered me. Nobody answers my questions. Anyway. What? What? Shut up. <laughs> um, anyway, I tried a new energy drink. It was it was it was honey based. So it was just like the the first two ingredients were water and honey, and then it had like ginseng, and then it had royal jelly and propolis, which are two other bee honey things. So it was very it was very it, it didn't have it. It was all and then caffeine. It was very simple, and you know it was tiny. It was like smaller than a Red Bull, than a small Red Bull, and uh, it was good was it's it's weird to drink a drink that just 
just tastes like honey, you know, and that's mm-hmm. cold too. That's cold and fizzy. You, you know, like I've had I've had honey and just honey and water before, you know, when I had a sore throat and stuff like that. But it was usually hot water, you know, so we're old people. It was good. We're so old. Are we? We're just like, oh, let's talk just about prebiotic drinks. Ooh. Just older people. Yeah, that's true. But they're not us. <laughs> no, thank God. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what if there was two of us in the world, Chris? God. Suck it, oldies. <laughs> oh, what if, like, really? Like, I, I would fear for the world if there was, like, two sets of, like, hoping Chris. Take One that, is enough. All right, I, I had a week. I'm finally out of my week. I'm happy. I had a bad week last week. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I just know that, like, four different very expensive things broke, and I had to replace them. So it was a week. Ugh, I'm happy to be out of it. And my credit card died a very honorable death. <laughs> so it didn't get, like, cut up in front of you in the no. in the line. No, That's good. it's just very, like, gently, like, going into a dark part of my drawer. And it will not emerge for a long time. Good. But, like, it, it was the kind of week that every time I had to use my credit card, it, I just heard it go, <laughs> and I was like, I know, I know, I feel you. I am not excited about that, Bill. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I had a week. <laughs> Lots of things broke and got replaced. Anyway, Mando. So we are, just so you guys all know when we're recording this, tomorrow is the final episode of Boba Fett. And so the last episode was the episode with Luke Skywalker and Grogu. And the reason I'm bringing this up because it pertains to some of my notes. So I just wanted to let you guys know where we are. Spoilers. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. By now. Yeah. If it, if they haven't watched it like three weeks later, then that's on them. Um, but just so you know, you guys know, because that pertains to some of my notes. But it's really funny because Chris and I were talking about this beforehand. And I was like. Chris, I don't have a lot of notes for this episode. I had to actually kind of like invent notes because I would come out of an act and be like, I didn't write anything down. <laughs> oh, so it's it not just... like we don't find stuff to talk about. I mean, we just talked like five minutes about prebiotics. <laughs> like, like we could talk about how Denny's should have a have a tie-in with the Mandalorian. <gasps> Denny's jarring. Yeah. Come yep. get your Grogu pancakes. They're coming. Oh my God! Can you, you. Ma- like? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Grogu the Mandalorian would be the name, you know, because he fits in with the name. But it would all be about the Grogu. It would be about the Grogu shake with like two little frog, like, like gummy frog legs sticking up out of it, or just a gummy frog and a green shake with a gummy frog stuck in it. Every little kid would eat that. Yeah, you would get that, and then you get like a little thing, and just in good old Denny's fashion, you'll definitely have grief after it for your car guy. Or they could, or they could just, <laughs> or it would be great if there was a bubble tea place that just had like the Grogu <gasps> shake, the Grogu egg shake. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. No. And for good luck, you always have to leave one egg at the bottom of your drink. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am not condoning that. Oh man! I, so hatch it, hatch it in your bird bath back in your backyard. They have babies. 
Um, no, but like, yeah, we were talking beforehand, and like, we were like, this episode is so much setup that it's just like to nothing. I mean, there's some deep stuff to talk about, but I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. like we were saying before the show, this is basically sort of part one of the season finale. So it's a lot of it's a it's a lot of setup for next week, where a lot of stuff. I, I mean, a lot of stuff sort of happens, but it's just sort of happening stuff. Yeah, happening, happening stuff. And like I had to like be like, all right, well, I can talk about biases, but this also ties into next week's episode where right, Jen's like, right. I love you, IG eleven. So <laughs> I just know like a lot of my notes for like this week are gonna come back like next week, just FYI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is like our setup episode for next week's episode. Yeah. Well, are you ready to get into it? I am. <clears throat> I it, it's still I really like this episode, so I mean yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I can at least fill time just talking about the the cool stuff in it. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's fine. Like for me, like it's not a personal favorite. Nothing's bad in it. I thought it was fine. <laughs> so, it got a very fine rating for me because it's yeah. Anyway, well, like the <laughs> child is like this thing on its own, whereas this is this is we're into story, so it's like, and this is a a setup for it. Uh, it so it just doesn't have that same feel of like you know because like even with stuff like the three like adventure of the week's episode being four five and six like sanctuary gunslinger and prisoner there's still interesting stuff happening and there's yeah. such there's such stylized episodes as well and so like those really like hit me because you're either gonna like really like them or you're really not and so there's there's a lot of talk about like this is just all set up so it's just like things are happening and places things are being moved into position like there's a couple cool character things which i'll talk about with like ig11 and stuff like that but i mean overall like yeah it's fine you ready to get into this i'm ready <clears throat> chapter seven the reckoning is the seventh episode of the mandalorian it aired on december 18th 2019 so kind of a fun fact this episode's release date was moved up to wednesday not sharing the Friday release of all the other episodes in the season. This was more than likely, so this episode wouldn't share the same release date as The Rise of Skywalker, which came out two days later. And some fans speculated it was also a way to introduce to a more general audience the idea of force healing, something that Grogu did in this episode and Rey did in The Rise of Skywalker two days later. Yeah, I just want to note something that's sort of that's sort of happening with this timeline. I've noticed is a lot of people like talk about the Mandalorian as if it came out to like sort of like rehabilitate Star Wars's reputation after the the rise of Skywalker, which is like just completely missing the fact that they overlap. You know that that Mandalorian actually did start before Rise of Skywalker. It was probably, was it filming before Last Jedi came out? I, that I don't. Or, or the Last Wait. Jedi or Rise of Skywalker? No, I mean no. It was, it was, it was after, after. It was yeah, after yeah, Last yeah. Jedi by a while, but like. That was what a lot of people were saying. Like this was like the course correction show of the sequel trilogy, and I'm like, not really. I, it was already shot before they would be knowing whether they needed a course correction or not. So. You know. <laughs> yeah, very much so. So. Anyway, moving on. This episode was written by John Favreau and it was directed by Deborah Chow. 
some extra information for you. Moth Gideon is played by Giancarlo Esposito. His other roles include Breaking Bad, Once Upon a Time, The Boys, and Far Cry 6. And he is very sweet. I met him at Dragon Con, and he is just the sweetest person. Like, he was, uh, we were just happy to talk about Once Upon a Time, and, like, like you know, his table wasn't very busy at the time, so I just kind of, like, chilled with him for a few minutes, and he was just so warm, and I have a cute picture of us, like, together. So, yeah, super sweet. Giancarlo Esposito, you're the best. In an earlier version of the script, Cara Dune was going to be playing a strategy game in the Sorgan Bar. This was later scrapped for the wrestling match, which was deemed more dramatic. The Imperial Troop Transport made its first live-action appearance. It was first seen in Star Wars Rebels, but this is the first time it's being seen in live-action. The vehicle had been created by Kenner Products and released in 1977, I assume. One ninety-seven. I I only wrote one nine seven. That's how old I am as an original Star Wars fan. Yes, Uh, it was a toy that we all wanted because it didn't really have a big run, so a lot of people didn't end up with the troop transport. So it was uh, sought after Star Wars toy. All the Star Wars toys were, but this one was like, yeah, I I personally did not know anybody who owned a, a troop transport. And I knew a lot of people who really wanted one. Mm-hmm. Just so you guys know why I'm laughing. In the notes, instead of writing 1977, I wrote 197. 197! Was... Uh, when the first Star Wars picture that, show came out. That's why you have to drink all those prebiotics to help you poop. You're that old. Ooh. <laughs> Aw, you're fine. You're like Yoda's age! <gasps> you're older than Yoda! I don't know about that. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so while filming this episode and next week's episode, the costume department realized that they didn't have enough Stormtrooper costumes to film the, the battle at all, the extras. So, John Favreau and Dave Filoni reached out to the local chapter of the 501st Legion and asked them to be extras in the show. If you don't know, the 501st Legion is a volunteer organization who creates their own accurate recreations of Star Wars costumes, and they often raise money for charity events. And if you, it's easy to Google. If you just Google, like, 501st Mandalorian, there's a cute picture of all the 501st people posing with them, and it's really cute. And finally, the flying reptile bird that attacked in the night and still is a blurg is based on a concept... is based on concept artwork from Ralph McClory. His designs for the dragon snake... Uh, I can't read. I'm going to start this whole thing over. The flying reptile bird that attacked in the night and stills a blurg is based on concept artwork from Ralph McQuarrie. His design for the dragon snake on Dagobah. You know who also has a dragon snake on Dagobah? Um, Yoda's nickname it was. (laughs) The dragon snake. The dragon snake of Dagobah. Oh, you know, I purposely made this point last just so I would have that very nice segue for you, Yoda, because mm-hmm. you're just Planning such... Planning ahead for Yoda, yes. Good. I did, because you're such an important member of this team, and Not we love you. Not very common on this website or yeah, podcast. Yeah, I know. I know, and, and you know, after after last week and we bought that vacation for you, we just wanted to let you know like sure. how much we love you, Yoda vacation yeah we we bought you the vacation and gave it to you like chris and i paid for it and we wanted you to have a good time and then you freaked out because you thought like we were trying to get rid of you because of grogu which was not the case we would never try to get rid of you for this beautiful adorable little cash cow 
cash cow. Yeah, yeah. So it was all for you. And I was wondering, that was actually your question. How was how was the vacation that you took that we paid for you, mm. Yoda? Ask Yoda's doctor. Mm. What? Yoda needed shot, yes. What did you do? Um, well, what, did, what didn't you do? Just vacation. Just Yoda vacation. And Yoda has visitors. Then Yoda needs shot. Am, am I... Are, are we going to get your hospital bill? Dirty, dirty hotel it was. Mm. Full of... Was it... Was it dirty before or after you left? Those are two very different things. Oh, filthy, filthy place. Yes, bad place. Yes. Did you, like, sell... Because I swore we got you, like, a nice hotel with, like, a masseuse and a spa and stuff like that. Like, did you just sell it? Yes, yes. That's what they call, yes, masseuse. Mm. Did Did you sell our very nice tickets and go to somewhere crappy to, like, just go sleep with people? Yoda, like, Yoda is good at stretching a vacation, yes. Oh, okay. Well, I guess, you know, More vacation, you. more fun, yes. Shop. You know what? I, I'm yeah. not here to kink shame. You do you, Yoda. As, as long as you had a good time and you know that we're not trying to replace you with Grogu because we love you. Doctor gives Yoda a shot. We did. Yeah. Good. So, I guess that makes you stronger for the next time. And, you know, when we reach the end of the Mandalorian, I hear there's a beautiful farm that you can visit. Oh, nice trick. Yes. Yoda fall for that trick. Oh, yes. And Yoda no, it the has farm. a petting zoo. Yes. Pet- pet- oh. You pet the animals. Yeah, it's a well, nice farm animal, upstate. Can, can Yoda be an animal in petting zoo? Uh, at this farm? Yeah, we'll go with that. You can at this farm. If if people want to come and ask questions and pet Yoda, it's, yeah. it's okay. It's all yeah, right. sure, sure. It's a nice farm upstate. You never heard of it. But you'll, you'll like it there. Powerful in the forces, Yoda, remember. I know. Try to deceive Yoda, do not. I'm not. It's a lovely farm. Chris was telling me all about it. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yes. (laughs) Nice farm. Yes. He sent Yoda to nice farm. Good mm -hmm. friend. Yeah. I can't can't remember. It was called like Over the Rainbow Bridge Farm or something Uh, like that. I just have to. mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One with the Force Safari. Yes. Mm hmm. Yes, Yoda knows all about that. That's actually a really clever name. <laughs> no, but we'll, we, we, we haven't decided on anything yet, Yoda. So we'll, we'll still, like, work it out for you. And you can just... We'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk. We'll see how it goes next week. Cause, you know, yeah, see how it goes next week for right, Yoda. Yes, I'm sorry, bye I'm sorry. Bye, I'm Yoda. talking to Grogu now. Hi, honey. Hello. <sighs> Okay, you want to sit in my lap? Oh, yeah, you can always sit in my lap, Grogu. Thank you. Well, there goes Yoda walking into the sunset. <laughs> uh, off on the one with the force corral. 
<laughs> off on the old one with the forest safari. It's a nice farm, though. Like, it's actually there. The pictures you showed me look so nice. I. <gasps> he's not going to go easy. He's not going to go easily. It's going to he... be hard to trick him. Oh, my. No. Oh. Yoda thinks we're trying to kill him, doesn't he? I think he thinks we're just trying to put him in the old folks home. No. Oh, no. It's actually. I. No, because I was watching a new episode of Queer Eye last night, and like one of the people went to like like a horse therapy farm, and I was like, horse therapy? That sounds so nice for Yoda. I thought he would actually like it. <laughs> oh no! Horse therapy? That sounds like a big lawsuit. <laughs> no, it's like where you get to like like chill with horses and like just like yeah, chill with, with horses. Yeah, create monstrosities, whatever. <laughs> But, like, it just sounded so nice for, like, Yoda. Oh, oh, he thinks we're trying to kill him. Oh, poor guy. Huh. Yeah. Oh, we can't yeah, do that. Yeah, that's a ridiculous idea that we would try to kill Yoda. I know. We love him. He's our third... You know, we keep trying to do nice things for him. We just... just It's not working, Chris. We just can't. And for Christ's sakes, if I was going to kill Yoda, would I be talking about it on my podcast? No I way. Know. Like, like he listens to the podcast. <laughs> he has more important things to do. We better not get that damn medical bill, Honeywell. I swear. Anyway, you ready for Act One? How much could a shot cost? <laughs> depends. It depends on whether he got it in America or Dagobah. That's very true. That's very true. And it. And ladies and gentlemen, that then, was your social commentary for the show. The medical tourism to Dagobah is cheaper. Medical tourism to Dagobah. Oh, it's, Jesus Christ. It's true, though. I, I have Yoda's a bunch. Do it, Yoda's do it like, you ever seen like the like South American psychic surgeons? The, no. The, you'll see this gnarled up old guy and they, they have little little packets of blood and pieces of meat and stuff up their sleeve and they they need somebody's they need the they they make it look like they're sticking their fingers down in them and they pull out cancerous tumors that are little pieces of like fibrous stuff and 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 are like yeah now you're cured i could see yoda doing like appendixes like that so he could probably do it for real because he's he's got the force so Ugh. Anyway, Act One. On that happy note, <laughs> he'd probably be, he it would he would probably just specialize in like plastic surgery, augmentations. <gasps> That's what happened. He went from puppet to CGI. <laughs> plastic <laughs> surgery, <laughs> and then we don't know what's wrong got... with you, Mister Yoda. Half of your organs are CGI. Half of them are are like made out of this rubber stuff. I, and that's <laughs> there's why a he hand looks... in there. We don't know what's going on. And that's what happens in Rebels because he looks so horrible in Rebels. <laughs> he just went too far. <laughs> he looks like a monster in Rebels. I hate it. Oh, <laughs> it's gross. Anyway, Act One. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Ask him about that next time. Ugh, ugh. His plastic <laughs> surgery and rep. No, because we made fun of him in Rebels. We did. Like I, I remember yeah. that Yoda question because I was just like, "What the fuck happened to your teeth, Yoda?" And he you was know, like, I mean, <laughs> hey, I mean, come on. We've all tried out different looks in different times in our lives. So, and some of them have maybe not been the best. So, uh, you I know, I give, give him a little pass there. I was, yeah, I, I mean, I shaved my head once because I was hot. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was at a birthday party and I was hot. I looked at my at the time brother in law and I was like, I'm hot. Oh, I thought you were just being cocky. I shaved my head once because I was hot. I no, was so no, hot. I was. I was. It was actually <laughs> you were hot literally party. hot. You're just my hair like, was long. Get and, the shit off me. <laughs> yeah, and, and my at the time brother in law was like, I have hair clippers, and I was like, okay. So we went out to the garage, and my mom and my sister walk out, and they're like, What the fuck are you doing? Because half my hair was gone, and. <laughs> And that was my nephew's birthday party. Was me shaving my head because it was hot. So like, no, like I feel, I feel Yoda. I and I rocked a shaved head that summer. And it was fine. Um. Anyway, Act One. Act One. Act. We open with good old himbo Dennis Jarin, and he's just flying through space, and he's just his baby's asleep behind him. He's living a happy life of on the run. He's just having a good time because he's got his kid. He just got all this money from locking up like Mayfield and his goons last week. And then he like shot Tora Calican. He's thinking about that hot Omera like that's like hanging out on Sorgan. It's like all great and stuff like that. And he's like, I am on the run, but this is a hard life. It's a hard knock life for me. It's a hard knock life for me. I'm a little cute baby. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> He gets a phone call, and he's just like, someone's calling me, what the fuck? And he turns it on, it's Grief Karga. And Grief Karga's like, hey, Mando, what's going on? It's me, Grief Karga. So if you're getting this message, that means you're alive. That's great. So, remember when you kind of came and, like, you took the baby, and you, like, shot up the Imperial place? Well, they didn't like that too much, and now Navarro is like covered in imperials like they're everywhere above and that's really bad for the bounty hunters guild because i'm just like hey i'm gonna go to work and the imperials are like sit your ass down and i'm like but i gotta work and they're like that's not our problem and he's like i don't know what to do so i have this idea right you bring your cute little money-making son to me and we're gonna use this bait and when we take Grogu to Werner Herzog, you're going to kill Werner Herzog, all right? And if you do all that for me, I'll clear your name. Werner Herzog will be dead, so he's not going to be sending people after you. I'm going to clear your name, so I'm not going to be sending people after you. And people will stop trying to shoot you. So let me know what you think. All right, call me back. Bye. And he hangs up. And Den is like, <gasps> I have a chance to save my son and live a happy life again. I gotta do it. And so, he doesn't want to. It's dumb, but he's gonna need some help. And he doesn't actually kind of trust anybody, so he decides to head to Sorgan. So he flies over Omera's house, and he's just like, I love you, sweetie! And Omera's like waving like, I love you too, honey! See you later! And they wave, and he flies and lands in Sorgan. And he walks to the bar, and his baby's walking behind him. And there's Kara! And Kara's like, beating up a guy for sport because that's what you do, I guess. And she's all like, pow, pow, kick, punch. And she beats the crap out of him. And she's like, thanks, everybody. I did that. And she gets all the money. And she, then she sees Mando. Mando's like, hey, what's going on? So uh, I got a job, and I don't trust the guy because he's tried to hire, kill me multiple times. And I need someone to wash my back. And Kara's like, I have a good gig, gig here, you know? Like, I punch people, I get money, like, no one's looking for me. I have a really good gig here. And Den's like, did I mention there's Imperials that will be punching in the face? 
And Kara's like, Imperials? Did I get to punch in the face? Oh, hell yeah, let's go fuck some shit up! So, they get all on the Ranger Crest and they're flying along. Because this episode's a lot of setup, and they're looking at the guns, and Den's like telling her about the mission of just like, hey, this is what we're gonna be doing, I don't trust the guy. And while they're talking shop, Grogu's like, my daddy isn't watching. I'm going to fly the Razor Quest. And he grabs the stick and he starts doing barrel roll, do a barrel roll, like back and forth. And both Kara and Den are just like, oh my god, Dennis, get your set. And Dennis runs up there and he's just like, nope, 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 you're too young to drive. And he's like, I'm older than you, old man, I'm 50. And he's like, I don't care, you're like toddler age now. And so. They realize that they need a babysitter because they can't just leave this kid. If they leave this kid, baby Grogu's gonna be just like flying off to space and it's not gonna work. So, they go find Kawil because it's Team Avengers coming together. So, they get to quote Kawil and Kawil's like, What are you doing back here? Why are you here? And they're like, We really need a babysitter. My child tried to kill us in space. And he's like, All right, fine. And then, we get some backstory because Kuil is like, I will help you because if there are Imperials involved, I don't want to see this kid go through the shit that I went through because apparently I'm 300 years old and this kid's going to live that long. I don't want him to go through the shit that I went through with the Empire. And Kara's like, you're with the Empire? He's like, not by choice. I was a slave woman. And she's like, I don't care. You're the Empire, which makes you and he's like, I, I don't know what to tell you. And then, uh-oh, a silhouette comes to the door. I actually spat on my microphone. Let me rub that off. Sorry, sorry for the noise. I spat on my microphone. It's fine. A silhouette comes to the door. And it's IG-11. And everyone's tense. And they pull blasters out. And Din's like, I want to fucking kill that guy. Because he tried to kill my baby. And IG-11's like, oh, hello, everyone. You want some tea? I'm a nice robot now! Yay! Would you like, like, jellies? I have jellies to go with your tea. Yay! And Den's like, I don't, what is happening? I don't understand. I want to hate it, but he's so delightful. Why do I want to hate the delightful thing? And Quill explains that, like, after episode, what was that, episode one? Yeah, episode one. He's like, well, you left episode one, and you left all this shit around. So I just claimed it for myself, and there was IG-11. And so I brought him back, and I fixed him, and I fixed his programming. So he's not a killer anymore. He's this delightful maid who is giving you little sandwiches. And they're the best sandwiches, Den. I've never, I'm like 300 years old. These are the best sandwiches I've ever had. And I taught him how to walk, and I taught him how to hug, and I taught him how to like lay in bed, and I taught him how to cuddle, and I taught him all this stuff. And then I also made him make sandwiches, and it's so good. And Den was like, what was that other part? And he was like, sandwiches. I taught him how to make sandwiches. It was great. And IG-11's like, I can protect the baby. And they're all like, no. So Den's like, cool, come talk to me. And they, come, they go outside to feed some blurs. And Den's like, I really need you to help me babysit. But I am not taking that droid with me. And Quill's like, why? He makes really good, delicious sandwiches when he cuddles you in bed. And Den's like, I don't want to know that. You know what? You do you, Quill. Good for you. But I don't want to be with a droid. And Quill's like, why? I reprogrammed him. Do you trust me? 
Yeah. Do you trust my work? Yeah. No. That's a trick question, man. That's a trick question. And Quill's like, look, if you want me to babysit your kid, I'm bringing the droid with me. And Din's like, fine, I guess. And they're also bringing some blurgs around, too. Because blurgs gotta go, and they need to be, like, fed and shit. Blurgs. Yay. What'd you think of Act 1? This was a really hard episode to split into acts, because it's, like, six yeah. mini acts. So I did the best I could. Yeah. I was trying to do it just by, like, roughly trying to divide it into thirds, and it sort of worked out. Yeah, that's because it was, like, 13, 7, and 10 is how yeah, I was able to... It was really like weird. Yeah. Um, shots of spaceships and Star Wars coming up to a planet and then coming down and land and like coming down through the atmosphere and then landing on a planet never gets old. It just never gets old for me. I watch mm-hmm. it. I love it. Um, boy, the himbo sure ta- is talkative when there's a girl around, huh? When when Cara Cara Dunes there like uh, like sort of a female peer, he's just like blah 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 blah. Well, he has a he has a bud. Yeah, yeah. It's and just, that, that's part of the reason, like, it's the most I, talkative he's been in the whole. It's the the only time, like, except when he's been with with um, Grogu that he hasn't been just like rrr, 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 rrr. so. Yeah, or, I mean, I, and I think that like that's why I'm totally in like the camp of recasting Kara because like. I really do like her character, and I really do like her friendship with with Dan. I just want someone else to play her, and like so, like it's really kind of a bummer because I you think- can come up with another similar, you know, yeah. sort of pure sidekick character though. I am to- still in the enough. in the camp of if you can replace a whole fucking Hulk in the MCU, it'll be fine. Right, right. <laughs> Only the wrong people would get mad at that, and that's Hulk good. Brody and yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, you know, it's two Dumbledores. <laughs> two um, Dumbledores. I forgot uh, about the Dumbledores. Double Look, Dumbledores. Well, that was outside their their um their yeah. control because Richard Harris passed away. That was outside their control. Right, but it worked. It did. It did, and nobody lost their shit. Yeah. Um. The, uh, this might be from the next, but there's a scene of Quill like sucking on a hose, and I'm like, I wonder if that's like sort of like oxygen or whether Quill that's like Quill's like um, what do they call us hookah, you know, like a space hookah or something. Oh, you know, interesting. And and it's just sort of a piece of like you know like tubing you would see in the ER or something, you know, that sort of like segmented tubing. Uh, I never noticed that before. He's just sort of sitting off to the side and he pulls it out of his packet. He pulls the tube out and I'm like, what are you doing with that tube, Khalil? And then he's like. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like that. You know what exactly would it be if it had like a water bubbling sound like. a. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was there's, you know, yeah, it was it was just sort of I think like actually the scene was like fading out while he was doing it. So there's yeah, there wasn't a lot of focus on it, but I caught it. I caught it. My only was other it, note is was it in the ship or outside the ship? It was outside the ship. Maybe it was a way to like get the water flowing, like when you're siphoning a gas tank. Not that I know it how might to. Be, it might be. He might to, been, to like water. He the might have been taking a drink. Yeah, although it would re- like sucking water up through a hose that thick would be really uh, labor intensive rather yeah. than just pouring it into your mouth. But who knows? I don't know. Interesting. But uh, 
Um, the only other note I have is that shot of the blurg in the twilight with the Mandalorian is a beautiful CGI shot. I it love looks the totally blurgs. natural. The lighting is so like perfectly matched on it. It look it's just a beautiful looking shot. I love the blurgs. The yeah. poor babies go through so much in this episode. Yeah. Blur- poor blurgs. babies. Life is cheap when you're a blurg. I know, but they were happy while they were there. Yeah. They were having a good time. Just like, we were blurgs. Yay. They had a short but but happy and and adventure-filled life. And I, I imagine in the wild, blurgs probably get predated a lot, too, anyway. So it's They're like... They're all good girls. All good girls. You just want to like, rub their beds and be like, all good girls. <laughs> If you say so, that's all I got for Act One. Um, I kind of have just like one sort of long note that has multiple points. Um, you know, I, I was really thinking about this episode in context of when it came out and what all happened the year after it came out, <laughs> and how that made this episode kind of like in hindsight really important and a lot of this is around the conversation that they have with Khalil um about like his past of like working at like in the empire as a slave and like how he had to like work at his way out of slavery and like we know that Din has had this bias against droids this entire time and we're seeing that Kara has this bias against anything imperial it doesn't matter that Khalil was enslaved he was an imp to to her. Well, I and, think that's why this show is so important because I I you know I, you know me I'm totally accepting of droids and and you know you just hate them. I I like certain ones. I don't like when they're like uh huh the good ones uh, yeah yeah like the ones yeah. that are more like dogs <laughs> yeah yeah or yeah. or little nice assholes hope. like that's, chopper that's real nice hope dogs are chopper and chopper's just an asshole. I do like K two. I like assholes. <laughs> dogs and assholes but all like, right well i'm cutting that out of context <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i don't have to now i just said it so i don't have to do it <laughs> well after all that racist droid talk you deserved it oh. <laughs> you called anyway. poor Riverlips a pedophile last episode I did, didn't I? Oops. That was two episodes ago, two but episodes yeah. Ago. That was with our two. Um, oh, yeah. That's out tonight. Um, anyway, what was I saying? I Actually, called them old liver lips chin pubes, too. So, I mean, I'm not getting... My hands aren't clean in this whole thing. But actually, talking about racism is actually a really nice segue. Um, because I was thinking about, like, where... This episode came out December of 2019. What happened in 2020? <laughs> A lot of shit. Um, and this, like, came out, like, right on the cusp of, of 2019, like, right at the end. And, like, we had no idea that, like, COVID was going to be a thing. We had no idea that there'd be, like, a raise in violence against Asian-American people. Actually, Asians all over the world. It's not even Asian-American. Um, you know, it was right before the death of George Floyd, George Floyd and Ahmad, Ahmad, Ahmad Aubrey. And, like, just kind of, like, seeing this episode now, just, like, knowing it was, like, right before all this stuff happened, it kind of, like, put a lot more importance on this episode. Because they're essentially talking about systemic problems. I mean, and, and Quill has a very, very beautiful line of, 
none will be free until the old ways are gone forever. Which is just such a good summary of, like, everything that's happened. Like, there are still so many systemic problems. And that's essentially what's happening here. Because so much of The Mandalorian is about overcoming biases. We started getting that with the Tuscans, like, by starting to humanize them. And now we're here where, like, Kara is, like, not even giving Kawil the time of day. Like, she's only putting up with Kawil because Din needs him. And Din has been trying to overcome this fear of droids because of the Clone Wars, because droids murdered his family. And he's come so far because if you look most, like, in the recent episodes of Book of Boba Fett, he's hanging out with Peli's droids. No problem, because he's been on this journey of, like, overcoming his own biases. And I, I just, I think that's, like, such a really important message now, like, two years later in a pandemic, and shit is still happening, and everything's, like, crazy, and we still haven't fi- fixed systemic problems, and, like, we're still, like, in the middle of, like, the rich, ta- like, corrupting the poor, and, like, you know, taking everything away, where people were heroes a year and a half ago, but now, like, they're trying to unionize, I can't talk tonight, unionize, and they're being squashed down, Kellogg's, and and stuff like that, Amazon. Um, So it's really interesting, this episode, because... Starbucks. Starbucks. Um, So, I I really... (laughs) All big major companies. (laughs) Uh, Except for Tetmouse! Titmouse! Titmouse is an animation studio, and they just unionized, and it's historic in the animation industry. Like Titmouse, have you uh, seen? If you seen Galaxy of Adventures, Buffalo just unionized. Good for them. But like, if you seen Galaxy of Adventures, that Star Wars, like those Star Wars shorts that everybody lost their shit over because it's just animated versions of like things that happened in the movies. That's Titmouse. Like, and they did that. I'm so excited for them. But like, I, I just thought this was a really interesting like. Almost like they had the foresight of they were talking about things that were always here, but they didn't know that the powder keg they were about to that was about to explode just months after this episode came out. And I I thought that was really interesting because it kind of gave a lot more weight of this episode had so much foresight. But I guess it's not foresight if the problems are always there, huh? It's yeah, it's 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 and it's a common and it's a common theme in Star Wars since it's become a TV show. So it's not out of it's it's not out of place. It, it actually I think it actually started with the the prequel trilogy, you know, of of like of showing both sides and, you know, you know, and and yeah. So, you know, if you don't think that Star Wars is political. You're not having you're Every, choosing not to have a hard conversation with yourself. If you don't think everything's political, then you're not. You're paying choosing attention. not to have a hard conversation that's, that's with yourself. All, that, yeah, it's all, uh, every, uh, all 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 art, all media, everything that you discuss is political. Fun. Wait, what do you think? Fun, I, I kind of I rambled a little bit. Like, what what are your thoughts? Um, I I I, I um. Uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, story with IG Eleven also like Quill had the li- the uh, what would like I can't quote the line now from memory, but he basically said you know it's not you know it's it's not the droid, it's what you know somebody puts into the droid, which is a a, a nice big metaphor for uh, civilization. For Baby Yoda, <laughs> for yeah, what, that too. For what Baby, for you know, that's why 
every time Din does something, we see a reaction shot of Baby Yoda watching and absorbing, you know? I so. have that note in Act 2. Um, but yeah, like, that's true. And, and, it, and it says a lot about our civilization, too. Like, you know, I remember being in a Baptist church and being taught, like, gay people are bad. And I'm sitting here going, ah! <laughs> Uh oh, um, and you know, like we're, we're we're we are as people programmed by being raised in our environments, and a lot of people are programmed to be like really cool, and a lot of people are programmed in like bad places, and they have to escape that and reprogram themselves essentially, and that's puts so much importance on IG Eleven on this because and Din for that matter because this two part finale is so much of Din learning how to reprogram his own how he I mean IG11 is a meta is just a big old big old clunky goofy talking metaphor you mm. know he's he's a he's a bounty hunter that gets reprogrammed to protect baby Yoda at all costs <laughs> to pretty much be a nanny a nanny with a gun right right he's basically the mandalorian you know and yeah. and maybe it doesn't bode well for the eventual arc of the Mandalorian if you if you if IG Eleven's his uh, his uh, well if it's a metaphor then there's any number of levels of sacrifice that but eventually like he well he has been sacrificing things for Baby Yoda and so he's been sacrificing his men his cult status his cult I was about to status say, like maybe that maybe that is the metaphor like the death because you know if we his think back to the cult status <laughs> yeah if we think back to it like he pretty much put like the death of being a mandalorian according to the armor in, in like what two boba fett's ago two boba fett episodes ago was pretty much the death of that and yeah. so now he has to figure out who he is now like yeah. he's not technically that kind of mandalorian anymore so like who is Din Djarin? I'm not that kind of Mandalorian anymore. I'm the cool man. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw the funniest meme of like the armor being like, you're not one of us. And he's like, fuck y'all. I'm going to go hang out with Boba Fett. And then it's a picture of him and Boba Fett next to each other. And Boba's like, dude, you have the dark saber. You can tell her what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, that's true. He could. That is true. He doesn't wanna though. He probably knows that he doesn't wanna. He oh, he obviously best, does not wanna. He don't the best wanna. Leaders are the ones who don't want power. He don't wanna. He ain't gonna be the leader of the Mandalorians. No, no, but oh. he don't want. He don't want that. He wants. He wants. He wants to be. He wants his. his be a bouncing, dad. He wants his bouncing baby boy. He wants to be a himbo dad who wants to hang out and like do his own thing and just like be a dad and you know. I have to say though. That moment when Luke was like, hey, Grogu, do you want the chainmail or the lightsaber? And I was like, if Ezra Bridger was here, Ezra Bridger would be like, get both of them <laughs> and go. And, I, and it's so funny because I was like, the whole time I was watching that scene, I was just thinking about Ezra. You know, like Kanan taught Ezra how to do it all. You know, you can be a Jedi with attachments and love people and still do your Jedi duty. And that's what I, they both did. And I'm like, I oh, God. I was thinking that's a shot for shot from Lone Wolf from from the first from from like one of the Lone Wolf movies, the Lone Wolf TV show and the comics. Which that's the, the beginning of the story is is 
this guy's a, uh, a samurai, or, you know, for his master. And then, like, the place is attacked and everybody's killed. His wife is killed and his son is alive. And he's now masterless, so he's a ronin. So he sets up a, the ball, a ball in his sword and, and he goes, Daigu, you, I know you don't understand me, but, you know, you must choose... One, if you if you choose the sword, you'll join me in a life of you know violence. But if you choose the ball, you will join your mother. So it's a lot. It's based. On, I was like, this is a lot less. <laughs> at least this yeah. isn't as dark as Lone Wolf and Cub, where if he picked the ball, you know, he was just like, oh, sorry, have to put you out of your misery. <laughs> it's dark. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, that is an inspiration for the show. You know what even more importantly was addressed in that episode? Remember how we were talking about how shots of Grogu walking with somebody is great for like two seconds, but it doesn't work because he walks too slow? Because Luke was like kind of helping him walk. <laughs> yeah, that that was awesome. That was that was just that did, that didn't need to be in there. It, it was just it was just like I one of those like Star Wars icing on the cake shots that but episode address, was such... it also addressed a real uh, addressed a real and pressing issue <laughs> see if it was den though den would have built like a little wagon and would just like pulled his baby boy along with him he's like I want well it, it makes me think in the in the in the future we're gonna see grogu doing like awesome little grogu hops oh <laughs> I just had up. this image of him like lifting his skirt and like these long spindly legs come out. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah! When he like, hits Grogu-Guberty. Grogu-Guberty. <laughs> and he pretty much is like his little <laughs> tiny body with like long Kermit the Frog's legs and he's just like... I don't know if any of those guys ever get spindly legs. You know what I'm saying? That would be pretty <laughs> funny. There's a scene in DuckTales about that where if he the... gets spindly legs, it's you just he's gonna end up looking like Gollum, <laughs> right? Because oh my god, yeah. Anyway, that's all I had for Act One. Did you have anything else? No, Act Two. See, we're finding stuff to talk about. Yeah, just the little. I just love the idea of like Grogu having just like really flat feet with long spindly legs and just like walking just like that. Daddy. I see. <laughs> I see him doing just like a dump a dump. But every time he takes a step, he just like goes like three or four feet in the air, like rip, bump, rip, bump. So it's like da dum, 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 dum. Um, but and then by that time, Grogu's like, "I'm just gonna carry you." <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, come on, we're talking not to delay Act Two, but we're we're talking like you know, like the X Men in the future, if if they end up being a battle battle pair, that you know, Din will be able to just toss him like a beach ball at people. Little bundle, oh, toss a little bundle of lightsaber at him. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Right don't anyway. kick the baby out the window. <laughs> anyway, I'm ready to move on. Act two. 
So they are, our heroes are off to Navarro. Pew! And just like flying. And you know, hyperspeed, hyperspace moves at the speed of plot. <laughs> so they have time to kill now, apparently. And so Den and Kara are arm wrestling and they're killing time. And Grogu is watching. And he's like, but I thought, I thought Miss Kara was our friend. Why is she trying to hurt my daddy? I must kill her. And he reaches out with the dark side of the force. And he starts, <laughs> he has such a cute little face when he does it too. <laughs> and he starts force choking Kara like, good, good. And Den's like, oh shit, shit, shit. And he grabs his child and he's like, no, 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 honey, don't do it. That's bad, that's bad. Don't do that. And Kara's like, what the fuck? Did your baby just try to kill me with its brain? He's like, yeah, sorry. And Quill's like, oh, I I heard of this when I was enslaved by the Empire. I heard rumors of a thing called the Force I don't know what it means, but I heard about it. And Kara's like, you knew this? Why didn't you tell us? That thing tried to kill me. And Kuil's like, I didn't know that it was the Force. And she was like, I think it's called the Force. And he's like, you weren't an, imp you weren't an Imperial. They called it Force. You know Imperials. They're all like fancy bitches. They're not going to call it a Grand. They're going to call it a Grande. And my Grande boyfriend. You know, that's why he's Grande boyfriend. The Grande Inquisitor. And Kara's like, I don't even know what we're talking about here anymore. And we were all snippy with each other and blah, blah, blah. And it's all tense. So Den was like, so, Khalil, you want to make me, like, a super sweet baby carriage for my baby? And and Quill is like, do I? And then there's a montage of him making baby carriage. And he's like, I bet this is going to sell so many toys. So then Din gives Kara more info information about the Imperials. And apparently, like, he just didn't tell her all up front. And then IG-11 walks in the door. And he's just like, hello, everyone. Would you like some more muffins? I made muffins. I don't know how I made muffins on this tiny ship that doesn't have a kitchen. I don't understand how you eat. How do you eat and feed this precious baby boy? And Den's like, take out! And then take your ass out of here! And also we have take out a lot too. But get out of here, droid! And, and Kara's like, ooh, touchy. And Den's like, I don't like that droid. I don't care if he's reprogrammed. No amount of rewiring can fix it. And the reason I'm so mad is this is my character arc, Kara. And she's like, okay, sorry. So they land on Navarro with Grief Karga and his men are waiting. And Din and Kara and Kawil decide to play like a total boss move. And they ride out on Blurgs because they can. And Grief is just like, Woo! Look at the blurgs! These are precious girls, these precious babies! I love these babies! And where's the other baby? Mando. And Mando opens the sweet new baby carriage. And Grief is like, oh, there he is. This is what caused everyone to die in episode three. And like, yep. Don't mind me just putting my hand on my blaster in case you try to hurt my son. And Grief is like, I would never do that. Look at this little face. He is the cash cow of the franchise. We can never hurt this precious baby. And he puts it down. And so they're like, all right, here's the plan. We're all going to walk into town. But it's going to take us, like, apparently a lot of time to do that. So we're going to have to make camp for the night. And they're like, okay. So they walk a little bit. And there's some lava and some really pretty shots. And then they walk some more. And then it gets dark. And they make camp. 
Well, they're having camp. And they're running over the plan with Grief. And Grief Carter's like, there's only going to be, like, four guys there. Like, don't worry about it. Like, there's only going to be four guys there. Your little shock trooper's going to take out the four guys. You're going to kill Warner Herzog. I'll be fine. Like, and then we'll all be free. And it's fine. And then it's like, wow, you're such a bullshitter. And he's like, you know what? I'm not a bullshitter. I'm Grief Karga. My, 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 what, what I, what I give is in my name. You know, I give people grief. Ha, 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 um, And Den's like, I don't, I don't like this plan. And then in the distance they hear a, and they're like, what was that? And they hear another, and they're like, what the fuck is that? And a blurg vanishes into the night because there are big dragon birds that are just like, hello, we're going to eat your blurgs. And the blurgs are like, help us. And Queen's like, no, my blurgs. And everyone's freaking out. And they're shooting at the sky. And, and Grief is like, ow, one got me. I don't know if it bit me or scratched me because, again, people apparently don't know how to film at night because it's live action and we must hide our CGI, but ow, my arm. Oh, no. And then the dragon birds are like, all right, we ate two blurgs. Bye-bye. And they fly away and the blurgs are like, remember us. And Quill is like, I will for the next 10 minutes that I'm alive. Bye-bye. So the dragons fly off of the blurgs and Grief is hurt. He's like, ah, my arm. And he's like, I need, it's poison. I'm over. I'm done. And Kara's like, we need med packs. And they're like, oh, we're bounty hunters. We don't bring med packs. And Kara's like, well, Buckets of Blood would be very upset with you. That's a joke for you, Charles, if you're listening. <laughs> and so, Grief is like, this is the end. I'm dying. And then, baby Grogu hops out of his little carriage. And he walks his little tiny feet over there. And it takes him 20 minutes to walk there because he hasn't learned how to force jump yet. So, 20 minutes later of him walking over. And Grief is about to die. And Grogu holds up his hand and... Has the best line of the episode when, when Grief Cargo yells, He's gonna eat me! It's the best line of the episode. And he reaches out with his tiny little hands, and he reaches out with a force, and he heals Grief Cargo. And Grief Cargo looks down at his arms, perfectly healed, and like the Grinch, his heart grew three sizes that night. What'd you think of Act 2? It's good. I am torn on this, and I remember feeling this the same way last time I saw this. And it's only in this particular segment is I don't I don't know if this is really good acting from Carl Weathers or really bad acting. I think it's very campy acting, and I think it's campy on purpose. I I yeah I think he was directed that. I think he like. He's he's playing his like you know he's full of shit. Yeah. He's he's and he's, he's full of he's shit telegra- since episode one. Like he's full of shit in episode one, and that's where yeah. no he's because, full of shit up to this point, you know. And, yeah. But but like in this he and and this is a probably a very stressful moment for him, but he like projects it too much, and it doesn't feel like like it seems with the with the Mando he would try to be. Actually, if he was try if he was trying to fool him, he'd be try like would try harder and wouldn't project as much because he's an old time, you know, he's an old hand at at being a scoundrel like the Mandalorian. But and then if if he was like 
was just like I can't cover up that I'm full of shit. It should have been. It should have been. It should have felt a little tenser where the Mandalorian's like, yeah, I know you're, and it was. You know, the Mandalorian's like, I, you know, it's full of shit, but we're sort of in a standoff here. So, but like, yeah, I, I, I it, 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 it was just a. It was a little. It, it just went a little, little too much on that way. And then on either all the, his acting on either side of it is great. So, but it just stands out in this. It's like a little anomalous in this, and maybe it was the day that they shot or something. See, what oh. I like about that scene is he's always been full of shit. But like, what's Mando gonna do about it? If Mando was right. like, "You're lying to me and you're full of shit," and he's like, "Well, that's what, what other we choice do. do you have?" Yeah, that's what but we like, do. He, he doesn't have any other choice. He has to go with grief regardless <laughs> like it's yeah he has no choice and so like i and that's kind of what i like about it is it's so campy because like bando knows but he has no other options so he has to go and like if he asked grief point great blank grief is either gonna be like no mando it's fine or he's gonna be like yeah you're right but what are you gonna do about it like, like there's like there's two choices and both choices are mando still has to go with grief and so that's why i kind of like it because it's kind of campy and in his playing up the camp because he doesn't have a choice. And I like that. And, and I I always like it when you can tell an actor is having fun. And Carl Weathers is having fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I love the line where he's like, he's going to eat me. <laughs> like, well, Carl Weathers back. is what I, I think it was sort of unfortunate for Carl Weathers career that he did the 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 two Rocky movie or did he do I think he made it to Rocky 3 right I think he di- yeah he he did the three Rocky I movies don't know. but you know and and sort of like was typecast in that and and the first Rocky movie was sort of a prestige movie you know it was I think it won best picture that year and so like it sort of established him as you know an up and coming actor and then the and then the Rocky movies got, you know, progressively campier. And I just don't think he ever got like taken serious as seriously as an actor after that, after being, you know, completely associated with Rocky. And he's a really good actor, you know, and it's just good to see. It, it reminds me of Quentin Tarantino where where like. You know, that the, when they were casting guys, they were just like, you know what? Carl Weathers would be, you know, I mean, who's going to just think of Carl Weathers, you know? And, uh, but he's perfect. So, and, you know, it was somebody that people thought like, yeah, he's kind of a has-been or whatever, but it's, you know, boom, he's a solid actor. He's, he's perfect for this role. And it's, it's just, it was, I mean, that, that was one of the great surprises of the show was when he was on it. I was just like, Oh yes. I I think that's what I like about season one so much and why season one is so like memorable to me while there's chunks of season two where I just like don't remember things (laughs) is I feel like season one was like super duper strong. Um, And a lot of it is in the acting. Yeah, well, season and and that's another one of my notes in this part is, I mean, season one especially compared to like you know the 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 season two and Book of Boba Fett, and and actually Book of Boba Fett starts out that way too. Is it's the season one of the Mandalorian is very cinematic, and and like you know the shows that have the most budget for them it's all cinematic it's like a little movie you know and then a show like this 
there's beautiful cinematic shots, you know, that, that take advantage of the wide, you know, widescreen aspect ratio. And they just look like films. Sometimes you can almost see the light drop off at the edge of the screens, like uh, like you would see a projection of a film sometimes. And, and uh, But then other times, like when they're around the campfire before the, the birds attack them, you know, it's it's shot like a movie, it, handheld cameras and and you know mid shots and you know sort of sort of shot. You could you could reframe it into a TV aspect ratio and it would look it would look great. And that and that whole the whole uh, dragon you know snake dragon attack was uh, dragon snake attack was another great. It's a horror beat at, by having them come out of the darkness and it's also a budget saver. By having <laughs> come out by of not the being able to see anything. <laughs> yeah, but that was great because you know a lot of times what you saw of them was just what was getting lit up by them being shot. I actually, sort of, you know, I'll be a hypocrite. Like I actually prefer it here because it is played for horror. The reason I have a problem with it in the Finnick Shannon episode is it's a fight scene you just can't see. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it actually works here because it's actually done purposely to be a horror beat. So I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. No. No. You, I mean, it's not like it's too dark. It's too dark, but there's also super bright. You know, there lasers lighting up the, lighting and up the fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's it's like a common. It's got a little bit of the a scene in Apocalypse Now where they light up the the jungle because. They, you know, they thought they saw something and, you know, you know, they're just lighting up with tracer bullets. And there's a little bit of the movie uh, um, um, Forbidden Planet where the, they're shooting lasers at this invisible creature and you can only see it from the outline of the lasers hitting it. But it's really creepy. And there was a nice shot of one of them flying off with his tail just like burning and glowing. Yeah, <laughs> it was really cool. But that's all I really have for for uh, Act Two. I I do have a note that says I love how full of shit grief Cork is. I forgot I wrote it, and then I actually looked at my notes and I was like, oh look at that, it's right there. I love how full of shit grief Cork is. But yeah, I think the casting so much of like season one just is so good. Um, the only other note that I have of stuff that we haven't really talked about is something that we actually kind of talked about already, which was um, talking. I think we were discussing this in act in episode two, because with with the mud horn, because so much of that episode is filmed from the point of view of Grogu, and we we're talking about how he was witnessing in all this violence from Din and how it manifests in him, and we're finally seeing it here in Kara. Like when he chokes Kara because he is perceiving that his father is being hurt. And I thought about that like on another level. Like because we just watched the episode of Grogu getting his memories back of Order 66. And all this together made this point interesting to me. Because it, it almost goes against my theory about Grogu being a litmus test for Den. Where Den will gauge how his kid acts around people and then judge their character. Um, and for a moment, like, we know that in episode four, Grogu was fine with Kara, but here he's choking her. And, like, it kind of hit me that the more I thought about it, after getting his Order 66 memories back in Book of Boba Fett last week, this happened to him during Order 66. You know, he, there was all these clones that were trusted by the Jedi and probably trusted by Grogu. 
and just how Grogu trusts Kara. Um, and then suddenly these people that he trusted turned on the people that Grogu cared about the most being the Jedi. And I was like, that's so much sadder. Like, you know, like if, if he's having this moment where he thinks this person being Kara that he trusts is suddenly hurting his father being Den, it's probably like a really tense flashback, which is what pulls in that, that dark side bit out of Grogu, which is why Din was like, no, 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 no. Like she's our friend. We're just playing. Like we're just playing here. But like that just added like such an extra layer to it being like, oh man, he probably flashed back to the clones killing Jedi in that moment when he was like, no, I'm not going to let someone else take someone I love from me or and, and was protecting his dad. And I was like, oh, baby. <laughs> so. I'm imprinting. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot to it. <laughs> I, I guess I, I kind of have like a tinier note um, that's sort of here, but the reason I'm kind of iffy about it because it really is going to determine what happens tomorrow in the last episode of Book of Boba Fett. Right, <laughs> like, right. Um, because for I, like I, I wrote Jedi, but honestly, Force users have this representation of hope, and we we have these. Um, you know, they talk about this in the High Republic, and they also have this, like, in Clone Wars and stuff like that. Like, this moment where, like, everything seems the darkest, and everything is going wrong, and people are about to die. And then you have a Jedi show up. And they represent, like, this, like, shift of power, this shift in hope, this, like, beacon of light. And Grogu has that moment with grief, where Gro- where grief is dying, it's the end, everything's dark, everything's, sh- like, like, you can't really see anything. And Grogu comes over... And represents this hope. And he gives grief his life back. Literally. And it it just has so much representation. Of like what the Jedi are in Star Wars. And that's why it's like really interesting. About like I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. In, in Boba Fett tomorrow. Because again remember we're recording this. The night before the final episode of Boba Fett. So we actually don't know by the time this episode comes out. What happens. But if Grogu. I, I don't think Grogu is going to choose the Jedi. But that's still so interesting because he's still going to be going forward with, like, representing this kind of new Jedi. Something we talked about with Ezra. You know, Ezra and Kanan representing these new Jedis. And Rey. And Rey represents this new kind of Jedi where they don't have to follow the Order's teaching, but they're still Force users. Which is actually really interesting. Hope's going to go on a side tangent. So, um, there's, a, there's a Star Wars comic that just came out. And um, it's about Luke trying to... It takes place between... Empire and Return of the Jedi. And it's about Luke trying to like find places to like learn and like temples and stuff. He's trying to figure out how to be a Jedi. And he goes to this like fungus world where it's like sentient fungus that like spans time and space when you're tripping. And when he goes into it, he meets a Jedi named Elzar Man. And Elzar is a Jedi from the High Republic. And Elzar is just like, oh, what's up? Welcome to like, you know, talking through your trippy time and space thing. And Elzar says something very specific of, I'm going to tell you something, Luke, that nobody else is going to tell you, which is you don't have to be a Jedi. He, and, and Elzar explains, like, when you're a Force user, there are multiple paths, and the Jedi is just one of them. But you can still serve the light side and not be a Jedi. And so Luke learns this from him. And I, and I thought that's really interesting because I could see that being something that Grogu does, that he can still be this representation of the light side, but he's not a Jedi. He's a foundling, and it's a different kind of like force user. And I think that'd be really interesting if they go that path. 
by the time this episode comes out, we'll know. <laughs> but we don't know right now. He, he, yeah, he, I mean, yeah, well, I don't, I, I don't want to make any guess because it seems obvious since it's a TV show and they're, they're, they're the two components of the TV show. And Grogu's a cash cow, so I don't That, that, that they got to end up together. But you never know. You never know because it's it's also obvious. So that means it may not be, you know, it's hard to say. But uh, uh, yeah, I I think that's sort of I think that's sort of a red herring. I don't I don't know if it's going to really matter which one he chooses. I think they'll be able to get a little bit of the best of both worlds. I did see a really cute fan fiction, a fan, a really cute fan art of Grogu just like waiting for Luke to go to sleep and then just taking both and running. (laughs) Like sprinting yeah, out yeah. there. <laughs> why not both? Yeah, because that that is yeah, why not both? Why does it have to be one or the other? Says Ezra Bridger and Kanan Jarrus and Ray. <laughs> why not both? Um, that's all I have for Act Two. All right. That High Republic discussion is for you, Charles. I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> Are we ready to to wrap this uh, dragon snake up? Oh yeah, let's put a rubber. Better on wrap that dragon snake up, Yoda. Gonna Next put time, a little, little rubber have on to it. Get a shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, act better three. Better wrap that dragon snake up. Uh, sorry, I got a Be case of prepared. the yawns. Oh, I suddenly got a case of the yawnies. All right, let's go. Here. Act three. Act three. So the next morning, they set out towards town. And Den and Kara are suspicious of Grief and his men, because Grief is talking with his men very quietly. And they get to the edge of town, and Grief is like, Kara, Den, come stand suspiciously in front of my men. It'll be fine. And they're like, oh, God, it's about to fucking kill us. And before anything can happen, Grief turned into the Grinch for a whole night, thanks to Grogu's healing hands. And he just couldn't go through the plan anymore. So he shoots his own men. And he's like, I am a good guy now, I guess. I hate being good morally, even though I just murdered two people. I don't want to turn the baby over. And Den's like, all right, all right, I got a new plan. We're going to have Kuil take the baby back to the ship. And Grief is like, this is already stupid. Because Werner Herzog wants the baby. And they're like, no, 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 that's the thing. We'll still bring the pram. We're going to bring the pram with us with no baby in it and we'll trick him. So you're going to act like you and Kara captured me. You're going to put me in some cute binders and it's going to be great. And yeah. And Kawil, you take Grogu back to the Razor Crest and seal yourself in. Because nothing can breach the Razor Crest until at least season two. And then the Razor Crest gets breached in the most horrible way. But you will be safe, Kawil, until then. Because you are a minor character that everybody loves and therefore nothing can happen to you in the next eight minutes, Khalil, you'll be fine. Because if something happened to you, that would be horrible. And we love you very much, Khalil. So you're gonna be great. You just have to get to the Razor Crest and ride that blurg, okay? We love you. And Khalil's like, uh, <laughs> okay. All right. What if I just like hide over there behind a rock? And they're like, no, 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 you have to make a race. It's dramatic. Go. And he's like, okay. And so they all head on out. So Grief, Kara, and Mando get to town. And this place is, like, covered in Imperials. Like, they are just, like, fleas. 
white armored fleas everywhere. And Kara's like, this is way more than four people. What the fuck? And Grief is like, I I said that there would be four around Warner Herzog. I never said in town. And Kara's like, Dana's plan is horrible. And he's like, I, I know. I came up with this plan, Kara. I mean, it is a bad plan. Why did you guys let the himbo come up with the plan? What the fuck? And they're like, all right. So they get to the cantina and they walk in. <sighs> okay, I need, a, I need a drink for this. Okay. Get the mouth, mouth muscles moving. So they walk in and Werner Herzog is like, hello, my friends. Welcome to the cantina. Look at your new armor, Din Djarin. And he, like, touches Din's armor, and it's really creepy. And he's like, it's always exquisite when you see Beskar handled by an actual craftsman. And you look very hot. Would you like a drink, Grief Karga? Grief's like, sure, I guess. And they all sit down. And Herzog is like... <sighs> Stretch my mouth muscles. Right. I have to use every part of my mouth for this. <laughs> so, ah, all right, here we go. And Herzog starts spewing propaganda, and he's all just like, Is the chaos of outside better than when the Empire ruled over everyone? I think not. Like that nasty business that happened on Mandalore. Don't you think it was better when everybody was not on fire? You know, that book of Boba Fett covered it. And I'm sure everybody else was much happier not on fire. I would like to see the baby now. <laughs> and they're just like, ah! Yeah, the baby's sleeping right now. And her song's like, I will be quiet. They're like, ah, the baby's sleeping right now. He doesn't like light. You, you don't know how he screams. You know, he just pukes on everything. He starts, he, he's going to smell. We haven't changed his diaper in like a day. We, we ran out of pampers. He's going to just be, you don't want to see him. And luckily, luckily, because it's better to be lucky than good any day. Herzog gets a, car, a call from his boss. And he's like, please excuse me. I have to go to my final scene. And he gets up and goes up to the bar. And, well, distracted, Din is like, get me out of these binders. Get me out of these binders. Shit's about to go down. And he gets out of the binders. He's like, give me a gun. Give me a gun. And they're all like, all right, be cool, be cool, be cool. And Kara's like, you be cool. You be cool. And Grace's like, everyone be cool. And everyone's like, all right, we're cool. We're cool. We're good. We're really good at our jobs, everybody. <laughs> and so Werner Herzog comes over and he's just like, Hello, Moff Gideon. And Moff Gideon's like, Hey, what's going on? You, go, you doing all right over there? Did you, did you get the baby? Is, is the baby in there? And when Herzog is like, I don't actually think so. I believe they are tricking me. But I am working on it. And I am milking this accent for the very last time because I can. And Moff Gideon's like, All right, well, uh, look out below. And, and, and Herzog is like, What do you mean? Ah! Because blaster fire opens up on the cantina! And Werner Herzog is like, I will never chew another scene in this show again because I am dead. Blah! <laughs> and everything's being all like, pew, 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 pew. Oh, it's bad all over my microphone again. <laughs> 
and everything's like pew 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 pew, and everyone's like, oh look out, and all the stormtroopers are dead, and they're like, ah, and everything's crazy, and our heroes jump for cover, and they scuttle along the floor, and they get to the door, and they look outside, and there's death troopers, or I guess they're death troopers, I don't remember what they're fucking called, they're stormtroopers in black, and they look scary, and they're there, and they're all like, what's up, fuckers, we're here to kill you, and then more stormtroopers arrive, and then a Kenner toy comes in, and people get off the Kenner toy, and they're like, that was fun, and they all, like, jump out of there, and Chris never got one, Chris is sad, and he jumps out there, because, and, and they're all, like, surrounded and everything, and Den's like, oh, shit, this is way more than four people, Grief, and he takes out his comlink, and he's like, Quill, Get back to the ship as fast as you fucking can, because you are a beloved character, and you will die if you don't hurry. And Quill's like, gotcha, and he's running really, really fast. But the call is intercepted by Imperial biker troops, and they set out to go after Quill and the baby. And during all this, a really cool TIE fighter descends from the sky, and it's like a really nice effect. So this was, like, where a lot of their budget is. <laughs> and it lands perfectly. And Moff Gideon comes out, and he's looking beautiful. And he's just like, look how fancy I am. I'm with my clean cape. You know I'm good, because I come from the Director Krennic School of Capes, which makes me extra evil. And he strides out there with his nice boots, and he's just like, Hey, everyone! I am the big bad here. My name is Moff Gideon. And you have something I want, and I'm gonna come for it. But I don't think it's here, Den. So, um, I just want you to know that I hope you don't have any beloved side characters out in the desert. And Den's like, FUCK! And meanwhile, the final shot, Quill is running, and he's riding his lurk, and it's going as fast, and the biker troops are coming up behind him, and Quill is like, WHY AM I A LOVABLE SIDE CHARACTER?! THIS IS NOT FAIR! I WAS IN PLACE FOR 300 YEARS, AND I'VE ONLY BEEN FREE FOR FIVE YEARS! FIVE YEARS IS NOT ENOUGH TIME FOR FREEDOM! I'M GONNA DIE! He gets shot, and everyone's like, NO, BELOVED SIDE CHARACTER! Oh no! And Grogu's like, ow! And he lands on the ground and he's like, ow, dad, I'm scared! And the biker trooper scoops up Grogu and rides off into the night. Till next week. The end. Oh, that's a big spider in my window. Oh no, never mind, it's a piece of hair. What do you think of F3? I liked it. It's a good setup for next week. <clears throat> um, good introduction to Moff Gideon. Um... You know his stormtroopers are badasses because they're clean. <laughs> they haven't been sitting yep. in the dirt of uh, and like some of the those those the um, biker troop uniforms, especially like the yellowing and the grime on them. They totally looked like they look actually like some Star Wars toys that are, that that the plastic ages on them and turns yellow. Yeah. But they looked they looked. Like seriously, like they would be really smelly and gr- grotty. I will have um, <clears throat> I I have a very specific Moth Gideon note for next week, and it's like right in the beginning. And I will go ahead and preface it. Um, and I think it's a point that people don't talk about enough when it comes to Gideon. And I think I and I because I haven't heard people talk about it. Um, and I think it's probably one of the most like important character things of Gideon. 
um, and what and, and the state of the empire actually at the moment that I don't hear enough people talk about. So um, we'll put a pen into that next week. So come back next week for that. Cause... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here that you could hit this week that are going to be better to hit next week. You know, that that I skipped over this week. To, um, just my shorter notes. Um, um, didn't should have trusted the droid, right? <laughs> oh, that character journey's not there yet. That but, yeah, yeah, but if he trusted the droid, yeah. He didn't and, trust uh, Quill, because Quill specifically says, do you trust my work? And he says, right. yes. So that really is just like, and I, th- I think that's a big part of like the character journey, because Quill specifically says, do you trust my work? And Den didn't. Den did not trust Quill's work, and Quill died for it. Right. And I, I think that is an un an unstated big part of what pushes Den's character journey. Because if he had trusted Quill... IG uh, 11 would have been there to help. Yep. And uh, I like that Quill gets a little bit of guitar, little guitar. Oh, I guitar love that guitar. You don't often hear guitar. In Star like, Wars, yeah. Coming out, leading out into a Star Wars, and it was, but it was perfect. Okay. Herzog is probably my favorite Imperial ever. Um, Thank you. Ima- imagine this. Imagine this. What if Herzog had been originally cast as the Emperor? Oh, ooh. Yeah, yeah. That's but, a, oh, that's interesting. That's that's a very different character. Um, he chose the scenery in the same way to where I'm half of the mind that Warner Herzog character. You know, you know, because he's just so old and decrepit. And on the like on the outs and scared him off Gideon, but still just this vile golem creature. What if he's just like one of those third rate, like half Palpatine clones that he made and was just like, <laughs> this guy sucks. Let's just send him in. Just just send him through the ranks of the Imperials. You know, I'm obviously not going to jump into Herzog's body, but like so he's just sort of like this, like wish.com palpatine running around just like ah the baby the baby you know he can't help but just like chew the scenery and be creepy oh like now that you said that like he is he acts very similar to ian mcdermott and revenge of the sith yeah yeah that's what i'm saying when when palpatine has his coming out party and he's just having the best time when he's just like ah yeah yeah i see what you're saying i'm picking up what you're putting down I would have loved to have been on the set to watch watching them direct and watch Warner Herzog and have him go, was that, was that good? And they're just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Mr. Herzog, you, you do not wrong. Would you like me to turn it down a little bit? No, thank no, you. Mr. Herzog. No, just, no. It, it probably doesn't go like that. Cause I, I hear he's, he's, he's wild in person on this uh, every, everywhere. But yeah, that's I might- all I got for act three. Well, my one Herzog note is it's one of my favorite not transitions in Star Wars. And I actually wrote it word for word because it's just the best not transition at all where he is just spewing his Nazi bullshit. And with no breaths, he says, is the world more peaceful with since the revolution? I see nothing but death and chaos. I would like to see the baby. And <laughs> There's like no beat. There's no beat there. And oh, no. Like, yeah. It is so good. It makes me laugh. It's super <laughs> creepy and hilarious at the same time. Just it like really just is. like Palpatine. Just like yeah. Palpatine. I it's just like, look Palpatine. at him go. He is 
creepy. <laughs> he just goes. He just goes. He's just like, let me tell you all about my Nazi agenda. Can I see the baby? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no transition. Kept the universe there's... clean. Clean. Where's the baby? Like, there's no pause or beat or, like, because a lot of times that's when you would have, like, an acting beat, like, to let the words set. Like, you would let, like, he spews his propaganda. You would have a moment for the audience to sink in. And then he would transition to the Let Me See the Baby. There's nothing there. He's, <laughs> he's a director and not only a director, but a great director. So he's, you know, he's playing both sides of the, the you know, he's. He's he's like he's behind the camera too. No matter what, if you put him in front of the camera, he's behind the camera too, and that is just that's just a prize, you know. That's the thing. That's the thing is, if you have a movie, you could probably get Warner Herzog in your movie or your TV show. Just nobody's asking him. That's why it's so. When he showed up, it's like yes, yes, use Warner Herzog. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean and. And and it pays off, boy! It pays off like a like a super bonus slot machine. And I, I know I'm laughing at it, but like from a character point of view, I could actually see that as a tactic, like you know, l- luring them in. Like, oh, the old guy is spewing about his Nazi bullshit. Oh shit, he wants to see the baby. Oh, we are not prepared. <laughs> So it actually is a good character moment where he's like, I'm going to lure them in by spewing and droning on and then like hit them with the zinger at the end of like, by the way, the baby. (laughs) Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, luring the I'm going to charm them for a little bit with some imperial talk and lovingly handle the Mandalorian's face and talk about the death of his whole death of all his people in a positive light. And and how you must agree that that's you know a good thing. Uh, <laughs> ba- so, now, ba- now, baby. <laughs> it's so gross when he touches Den. Like he like reaches up and like back of the hand. It's not even like with his palm. Like back of the hand strokes his helmet. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, it's so gross. He like kind of like touches his chest a little bit too. And I'm just like, oh, how have I never noticed that you like caress Din in this episode? That's so weird. Uh, uh. Um, are you, was it all your notes? Yes, it was. Um, I, I only kind of have like, there's not, this is all set up for next week. Um, I was thinking there's that moment where they focus on like Grogu's face when Dinkar and Grief are walking away to go into town. And I was like, oh, that's gotta be so heartbreaking for Grogu. Like to like, have that moment watching Din walk away and not knowing if he's going to see his dad again. But then I started thinking about like in hindsight with like the book of Boba Fett that, you know, they specifically said that Grogu um, and when I say they, I mean like Luke and Ahsoka, um, specifically said that like Grogu has cut himself off from the Force a little bit because he had to hide his Force abilities to survive. And so it wasn't that Luke was really training him; it was helping Grogu remember how to use the Force. And I thought that was a really interesting explanation because it kind of explains why in this early season of Mando, why Grogu gets so tired every time he uses the Force, he like passes out almost, um, or like kind of has to fall over and rest. And I, I I just, you know, looking back, and I guess that's my only other note, which is these last two episodes of Book of Boba Fett has added in so much more into this early season of Mando, which is part of the reason why we do J-Guys and Jedi the way we do, as people who have already seen the show, because then we can take this new information and apply it backwards. So, like, when we have this scene 
when Werner Herzog is like, wasn't Mandalore better under the Imperials? Well, two episodes of Boba Fett ago, we saw Mandalore on fucking fire. Yeah, beautifully rendered in in cinema quality, just it, like the horrific. It was very, it was actually in more ways even like creepier than the montage of Order 66 from episode three. You know, it I, was just this gothic portrayal of, and it was even worse because for people who like, Watch Rebels and and Clone Wars, yeah. Because so, you saw, city, you recognize, you're like, oh, there, oh, there it goes. <laughs> that dome city is yeah. the where the siege of Mandalore takes place. Yeah. You know, like, um, it's and we know it's massive on the inside. It's a fucking city. So when that thing comes down, it's just destroying millions of people. In yeah, a it's like New York instant. City getting blown up. Yeah. It is exactly that. Like if New York City just kind of collapsed it on itself, and it's so horrific. But and I think that I mean that this is the whole reason why we've, which is kind of weird that we're caught up with shows. Like that's why it's kind of really really weird for us because like now we're doing shows as shows are coming out. So like I, I'm really interested for us uh, like to get into Bad Batch because I know this the second season's gonna be running before we're done probably, but like, um. This is why we do it, because we can now take this Book of Boba Fett knowledge and put it back into this first episode, like this, this first season of Mando. And it changes everything so much. It changes, like, the inflection. It changes how things are pre- being presented. And, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's really interesting to be able to do the show in this kind of weird new format. So, I don't know anything else other than... Goodbye, Werner Herzog. You were fun to voice, even though you made it was my fun throat. while it lasted. Yeah. Oh uh, my, I like it's fun, but every time it makes my throat hurt. So I now need to have a cough drop. Maybe some honey prebiotic tea. But did you have anything else? I do not. All right, Chris, what's score up the episode for me? I gave it an eight. All right, why? I liked it. It's 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 uh, it's this it's the setup though. You know, it's 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 really good, but it's just sort of halfway. You know, we're we're sort of halfway there. You know. Ah, uh, uh, you're living on a prayer. Yep. Um, I am John Bon Jovi. I mean, I kind of feel the same way too. Like, there's nothing bad about this episode. It's no, fine. No, it's really good. Actually, it's really good. It's just not a personal favorite of mine, and you're right. It's kind of like watching half an episode. So, like, I give it a seven point five because I think it's fine and it's everything's good, but like nothing grabs me really. I mean, to be honest, a lot of my notes that I I talked about were just things where I got to the end of the act and I was like, I didn't write anything. All right, let me think think really hard about what I just watched. <laughs> I gotta like, like pull notes out of my brain. Um, cause it wasn't like, oh, everything's jumping out at me. I guess I did forget to say that Den is such a good daddy who wants his baby to be safe, but you guys know I feel that you way say already. that every right? episode, yeah, if you want. Say that every episode, so it's nothing new, so. Um, <clears throat> well, as always, we would love your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from both Facebook and Twitter for our Ewoks Battle for Indoor commentary. Oh. Just so you know, on the Facebook one, the line is separating the conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <gasps> you get to do a hope voice this week. It's been a hot oh, minute. I do, since I do. I, I, I know. It's been, a, it's been a hot minute. 
And first up for Twitter is Yoda's boyfriend, Charles. All right. And and he says from Gold Squadron Gaze, and he says, feeling lazy after the holidays? Hang out with our friends at J Guys and Jedi as they watch the best Star Wars movie. So I didn't know this. Charles is a big fan of this movie. And like it is really? one of his favorite Star Wars movies. Now this was a second Ewok movie, right? The second one, yeah. Battle second for one. Endor. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have any feedback for the first one. I do one, think so. that it's the superior of the two, yes. It is very I, much the superior of the two. I, I would say that. I would say Battle for Endor is better than Trust by a long shot. I think I even said that in the commentary. <laughs> 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 I seem to oh. recall that. That sounds familiar to my brain. Yeah, like a low I, bar, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first movie might be two. It's more coherent. I would say I had more enjoyment. I think that's what I said. I had more enjoyment watching the two Ewoks movies than I did Tross. And I still feel that way because I was drunk in our Tross commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I was drunk. All right. And now we're uh, now we're on Facebook and we've got Thomas Favi. And he said, fun episode. Please watch Ewoks cartoon. And then has a picture of a Sith Ewok. Which I was like, that's adorable, but also deadly. <laughs> it's gonna, uh, it's gonna happen eventually. That and droids. Hope's already watched droids. I so. have, except for I still haven't watched like the hour long special, which I might hold off on if we ever do droids. That way, I I have something fresh. So. All right, and now, uh, now we have Aaron Henley. Said, I can't wait to hear Hope's reaction to them killing off Cindy's Sindel's entire family in the first three minutes. It's Sindel. Although probably so she is correct. I mean, she is, yeah, phone... she is kind of like Cindy from the Brady Bunch, though. Actually, or Cindy, or Cindy Lou Who. Oh yeah, yeah. No, like I don't, I don't blame you because, like, I mean, if my phone corrects Din Djarin into Dennis, <laughs> I'm sure Aaron's phone corrected Sindel into Cindy. That's where we got our boy Dennis Jarin. <laughs> the Den Jarin Grand Slam special at, at your local Denny's. <laughs> and then I said, uh, okay, so he said, uh, you know, he was couldn't wait to hear Hope's reaction for Sindel's whole family getting killed. And then I said, Mace apparently is not a lucky name. Mace apparently is not a lucky name. That's no, that's that's not how I talk. That's how that's, that's how I the talk. next voice talks, which is hope. And hope says those first 10 minutes wrecked me. Oh, my God. They really did. I was like not in like a I, I was fucking wrecked. Fucking gnarly. And uh, Aaron said, I expected that same thing to me. I mean, it takes guts to wipe out your main characters from the previous movie. I guess it does. But it wasn't like. It wasn't like people are like, what's going to happen in the next Ewok movie? It was, it was, it was for little kids, which makes it even more crazy. Than they, I, <laughs> that's how they I started off. So. But then again, that you know, kids story, Bambi started off fairly dark, right? I mean, look at like you have fucking Fantasia with a devil comes out at the end. Yeah, Fantasia. I think Fantasia. Like, I think Walt Disney really like pictured that as his animation for adults, and not like like we think of adult now as X rated, but just like these were going to be. You know, this was something grown ups would go and like discuss after afterwards at dinner or something like that. You know, more than anything, you could take the kids to it, but I think 
it wasn't there wasn't as there wasn't much just murder wholesale murder and death you know there was there was an angry devil and and stuff like that and there was some fairy boobs but fairy boobs no fairy boobs in the Ewok movie although they, they, they it was close <laughs> <laughs> we don't know we don't know what parts of that little squiggle actually could have been like yeah we don't it could have that they could have been that could have been pure buck naked little light fairies for all we know that's true uh we forgot to put candy again yeah we forgot again even though you at, left at, a big at, note at this point before. we should just start with bad batch <laughs> bad batch is when the candy starts folks or, or maybe just like we'll eat all the candy next week like eight pieces of candy for all eight episodes <laughs> no please don't no let's not do that no no, 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 not after watching the Ewok adventures with Wilfred Brimley there to warn me about the, the beatus. The diabetes. Well, uh, I don't have anything else for the reckoning, do you? No, right, the reckoning. Chris, where can people find you then? I just think this would be funny if it reckoning was spelled with a W. The reckoning? The reckoning, W-R-E-C-K. Oh, oh the reckoning. <laughs> the reckoning. <laughs> That's a very different kind of reckoning. Yes. <laughs> I just imagine little Grogu coming in. That's like a, on that's a, a wrestling on... match. Oh, no. Grogu comes in on a wrecking ball and he's like, I came in like a wrecking ball. Like doing like the whole Miley Cyrus. Oh, jeez. And Den's like, yep, I'm a real dad. I listen to Teen Box now. We have crossed those streams before. We did for when I Brian know, was too here. Late. It's too late. Yeah. We did it when Brian was here for Pink Milk too late once again hmm. anyway where can, where can people find you chris well thanks for asking hope as a matter of fact you can find me at two truefreaks.com which is our website our voluminous voluminous volume the huge website full of voluminous podcasts. voluminous the voluminous I am the Volopolis, and I have come to claim Earth as my own. I love that we went in two different directions with that, because you were like, I am Volopolis, I've come to claim Earth, and I'm over here going, Phenomenon, dun 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 Phenomenon. We went in two completely different directions. Anyway, a website's a place where you can go to get podcasts. Can I just say this very much our personalities, too, of you just being like, I am here to destroy it. I'm just like, Sesame Street song. <laughs> That's very us. That's that 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 is how you Earthlings will see your doom. <laughs> but I'm, not, da, 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 da. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, the I'll be coming over the horizon, 500 feet tall, and they'll You'll turn. And there's just there's just normal size hope, like ba da ba da ba 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 da ba. Hey. I'm your silver surface. This planet's ours. I'm your silver server to your Galactus. Yes, yes. Yeah. Cast eyes upon your your masters and destroyers. And I'll just be like, this is fun. Yeah, no, no, no. Anyway. Anyway, that's that's our website. It's full of podcasts. You can also, if you go to to Facebook and you go to the Two True Freaks podcast group, you'll see all our podcasts get posted when they come out, all freshy fresh. And if you like something there, maybe you could go back to Two True Freaks and just like 
pull, just plunder their archives, just dig through, because you could do that for almost the rest of your life, even if you're just a young little pup right now, because we got a lot of podcasts there. And we also have. I mean, a- if you think there's only 307 of this one, which we see all the other shows. And we have uh, the Two True Freaks Cantina, where there's sort of a hangout page. And then on the dreaded and dirty, dirty Twitter, we have the Two True Freaks Twitter page run by the uh, we're we're, we're going to be like over a week late or two weeks late on this but just the other day was uh uh da, 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 birthday gene birthday gene for you gene i'm gonna do this accent one more time to milk it so <clears throat> one last word of hers off for you gene happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday mr hendrix happy birthday to where's the baby <laughs> actually i'll tell you i'll do i was you, trying I'll... to do werner herzog doing marilyn monroe singing to john f kennedy but i don't think it came can, off that way <laughs> can i sing uh our family's birthday song Okay. All right. <clears throat> this is for Eugene. Ready? <clears throat> and we sing this at all birthdays. I sing the Jamo song, so you might as well do your family birthday song. And we sing this at everyone's birthday. <clears throat> it's like the one thing, like my mom and my dad still agree. My 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 parents still agree on even after. They can still born. sing on this one together. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> happy birthday! Oh, happy birthday! Sin and sorrow and despair, people dying everywhere, but happy birthday. Jesus. Oh, happy birthday. What's that? <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I don't know how and why it became a thing in our family, but it is. <laughs> it's very goth. It was funny because, like, um, Billy lives with us, and so like her birthday was a little bit like uh, a couple months ago, and it was her first birthday being celebrated living with us. And me and my dad were like, "We're doing the birthday song," and Billy just had this horrified look on her face. Is it? it I mean, is it to that old like really like depressing song that? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh, happy birthday! Sin and sorrow and despair. People dying everywhere, but happy birthday! Oh, happy birthday! I don't, I don't even know why it's our birthday. So there you go, Jane. You just got a little bit of the Hope uh, World X family love from us to you. <laughs> I just imagine everybody driving Ooh. their car like, oh! lucky you. <laughs> anyway, like, oh, that's where they can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? Obviously, in in the the goth house of. Of depressing birthday songs. I need to ask my mom about like why we started that and where it came from. I, I actually don't know. We just started doing it. And it's like been in my memory since I was a teenager. Um, anyway, you can find me at Jedi's and Jedi on Twitter. That's our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molinats. I am also a writer for the Geeky Waffle, so you can read my work over there. And I've done all sorts of things. Um, what did I just do? I don't fucking remember. 
<laughs> oh, all sorts of things. All I know. Things. I, I just oh, I talked about the Legend of Vox Machina. That's what it is. I started watching the Legend of Vox Machina, and I know nothing about Critical Role. And oh my god, the show's fucking amazing, and it's really good for a new fan like me. Um, so like I, I, I talked about that over there, and I'm also occasionally on Space Waffles with my good friend Arzu Amin. And she's the host. And actually, me and Arzu are planning some cool stuff in April. As long as COVID, knock on wood, doesn't keep us from it. So I'm excited about that come April. So um, we, we might, if, if, if everything works out, we're going to go to 221 BeatCon together. So knock oh, on wood. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I got to remember to talk to I got to remember to talk Toronto with her and see. I haven't been to Toronto in 20 years. So I want to see if there's still some of my favorite landmarks are in action yeah yeah so all right and that's where you can get me and so i guess if that's it oh gosh wow we're already through season one of mando that went by fast yeah well we're not there yet we got one more yeah one more so come back next week where we'll be talking about chapter eight redemption and hope hmm. might start wanting to think about um who's getting their volution oh i already know Oh, okay. It's gonna be the Quogu Evolution. Oh, you're just gonna love that. All right. Uh, oh, I know that Yoda's probably gonna be like, what? <laughs> I never got the Yoda Evolution. No, you did not, Yoda, because I cannot do that voice for that for like half an hour. Yoda Evolution. Yeah. I cannot. Yeah, I cannot do that. That I would have to physically write it out and then not talk for like two days before, and not talk for like two days after to do that voice for like thirty minutes straight. We'll so. hire someone to do a voiceover for it. <laughs> we'll get Shag. He does an okay Yoda. You do a good Yoda. I ain't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Get Shag to do it. Well, we will see you next week for Chapter 8, Redemption. And we'll wrap up the... We'll prep up Season 1. Redeemy, redeemy, redeemy. Yep. All right, you guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks.
I like assholes. 